Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. You're a sheep, but you have a Jehovah God who is your shepherd. He loves you. He cares for you. He's powerful. He's providing for you, and he is enough. The Bible says he's ready to do exceedingly abundantly, above and beyond even what you've asked, dreamed, or imagined. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. They have to be free of the pests, the annoyances around them. (laughs) Same thing with you and me. We get so consumed with the chaos of this world, we can't even hear God speak. We don't slow down enough to hear him speak. We've got annoyances all around us. We've got to be free of that to get soul rest. And then they have to be free of hunger. And how do we get free of hunger? We are fed continually and nourished on the word of God. And when we experience that, he can make you like a sheep lie down in green pastures. You see, our our shepherd can make us lie down because he's above us, right? I I flew on a plane a couple of times this summer, and I'm always amazed at the view from 30,000 feet above the clouds. It can be raining below the clouds, but above the clouds, it can be sunny, everything's different from that view. And and I want you to know that you have a God that's so powerful, that's so personal, that provides for you, that sees things from above. And those things you're worried about, he's not worried about. They're not catching him off guard. And so he's prepared to give you that soul rest and make you lie down. But it doesn't stop there. He, He leads you beside the still waters. And those still waters we talked about are, are those calming places where, again, he, he gives rest to your soul. Now, why don't we do that naturally? <laughs> because we're looking behind, seeing who's after us. We're looking ahead, fretting what we're about to face. But our shepherd can make us lie down because he's above it all. And he can lead us beside still waters. Simply. Because he's ahead of us. He knows the way. That's really what we're going to focus on the rest of our time together today. When we've lost our way, our God always desires to bring us back. And that's what leads us to that next verse, verse 3. He restores my soul. And he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Do you need to have your soul restored today? Sometime in the 
English language, when we translate a verse, we can lose a little bit of the meaning. This is one of those times because in the original Hebrew, this literally means to bring back. So what it's saying is that we have a shepherd who has the ability to bring us back to where we need to be. I want to give you three questions and answers about this simple verse. Here's the first one. What does God do? He restores our soul. That's his business. God's in the restoration business. Maybe you're into DIY, do it yourself. Maybe you like watching Fixer Upper or you're like us. We made a pilgrimage to Magnolia this summer. And maybe you are enjoying all of that hope of restoration of stuff. Did you know that our God is a God of restoration? He takes that which is beat up and broken down and he makes it as if it's new. Do you need to be restored? Do you need to be brought back? You can't really understand this until you understand what a shepherd would experience in this context. A sheep that needs to be brought back is most likely what's called a cast sheep. A sheep is cast when it's gotten comfortable and it's found itself to be in trouble. It's probably well fed and it's ready to lie down and rest. And so this fat sheep lies down in the grass in this little nook and all of a sudden it loses its balance. And next thing it knows, its feet are kind of sideways And then before too long, it's trying to rock and get itself up, but it can't because it's dumb. And next thing you know, its feet are straight up in the air. A cast sheep. You can see this picture will illustrate it. What happens is the gases in the stomach of that sheep begin to grow. And as those gases begin to grow, if that's left undealt with in an hour or two, that sheep will die. They're dependent on the shepherd to make it through those times when they've been brought down. Only the shepherd can bring them back. In that moment, the most important thing for the sheep is their proximity to the shepherd. A few years ago, I was teaching this principle and I decided to illustrate it. So this is not a cast sheep. This is a cast pastor. (laughs) Maybe you felt that way. Totally helpless. Like there's no way forward. David felt that way. Listen to Psalm 42, 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Throughout the Psalms, David cries out to God and and begs him, how can I make it through this? Cast down. What does the shepherd do? The shepherd comes alongside that cast sheep. He begins to rub his legs to get the circulation flowing. And then slowly after rubbing the legs, he tilts the sheep up. And usually because the sheep is still too weak to make it on his own, he'll put that sheep on his neck and carry him through the field. 
is my shepherd. But maybe it's not that the sheep is cast. There is another problem that would cause the sheep to need to be brought back. And that is if the sheep is lost. If it's wandered away. As a pastor, I've seen cast sheep. I've seen sheep that have allowed the circumstances of life to knock them off their feet. They're helpless. Maybe it's the death of a spouse. Maybe it's a divorce. Loss of a job. Financial ruin. Maybe it's a medical diagnosis. They're cast. But as a pastor, I've seen a lot of lost sheep. They just wandered away. Usually there's a reason. Usually it's something like this. They didn't speak to me when I passed them in the hall. Or, you know, I missed a few weeks and nobody called me from that church. Or or somebody said something and you assumed the worst and and you took it that way and you've allowed unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment to grow within you and you've become that lost sheep. And what the lost sheep does is it wanders away and shepherds tell us that usually they'll find a place of shade trying to get comfort in their own because that's what we do. We we try to comfort ourselves and there in the shade, they'll just stand under the tree shivering and bleeding. Meh. Hoping the shepherd will find them. And a good shepherd does. Jesus uses this as an illustration in Luke 15. He says, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he's found it, he he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I found my sheep that was lost. Just so, Jesus says, I tell you, there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner one of us who are the lost sheep who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance Hi, I'm Paul Purvis the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect It's a ministry intended to encourage equip and empower you You may not know this but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. You can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now... We continue with our message. Now, I need to tell you, this message really is geared for those of us who are followers of Christ. But if you understand that principle of Jesus, it'll help you understand part of our church's philosophy and and my desire in ministry as a pastor. One of the primary reasons we exist is for those who are not here yet. That's why in our church, we do a lot of outreach. That's that's why we try to keep it in this room on a level that no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, you can understand it. 
And sometimes that causes folks to say, well, I want a little more. I need, I'm still hungry. I need a little more. And I'm just reminded of those words of Jesus where he says, how much more joy is there in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 who are just saying, give me more. I need some more sheep food. Aren't you thankful that God cares about the one You see, there's this principle in God's word that no matter what we've done, no matter how far we've gone, no matter what we've experienced, when we've lost our way, God desires to bring us back. Do you need to be brought back today? Do do you hear the voice of God, the good shepherd, calling out to you? Oh, sinner, come home. He restores our soul. Have you felt that pain where in the deepest part of you, that most real part of you, that part that maybe no one else knows like you and God, when it's broken and it needs to be brought back right, it needs to be restored. Have you experienced that restoration? What do you need to be brought back from? Maybe you've wandered into a relationship that's not honoring to God. Maybe you've wandered into an addictive, habitual lifestyle that's not pleasing to our Heavenly Father. Maybe you've just wandered into being in charge of your own life rather than trusting the Good Shepherd. Maybe you've lost your joy. Like David, you would simply pray this prayer. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. How how do you know if that's you? Are, Are you the one under the tree bleating sheep that's just crying out for help? Well, if you profess to be a follower of Christ and you can remember a time where you had more joy, where you had more enthusiasm, more excitement for your faith than you do right now, then guess what? You're one of the one. You need to be restored. You need to be brought back. You need that joy renewed in your life. And here's the good news. When we've lost our way, our God desires to bring us back. That first question, what does God do? He he restores us. The second question, how does God restore my soul? Well, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. He shows me the right way back. Where we get into trouble is we try to find our own way back. We try to solve our own problems. We try to do it in our own strength and our own abilities. But our shepherd, he not only feeds us, he leads us. He not only provides, he also guides. He not only protects, he also directs. He shows us the way The prophet Isaiah said, all of us like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. Well, Solomon tells us in Proverbs what that own way is. Listen to this. In Proverbs 14, he says, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end leads in death. So maybe you've gone the way of pursuing your career above all else. Maybe you've gone the way of pleasing your family above all else. Maybe you've gone the way of gaining the almighty dollar above all else. 
and it's the wrong way. Proverbs 12, 28 says, In the path of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. So what's that way? Well, there's a simple answer, right? Jesus gave us the simple answer. Jesus said, I am the way. You know the context for this? It's another one of those funeral passages. Jesus was gathering with the disciples. He was preparing to leave them. And he said, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. In my father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I'd, I wouldn't have told you. But I go and prepare a place for you. And where I go, I, I will come again. And you know where I'm going. And Thomas, the doubter, says, time out, Jesus. No, 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 no. You haven't told us yet. Where are you going? We do not know the way. What is the way? And Jesus says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You say the way back to God is always through Jesus. That's why we sing about it. That's why we pray about it. Jesus, we need more of you. So how do we get that in a practical sense? Let me remind you of five ways Jesus always leads us in the paths of righteousness. Number one, prayer. Prayer is simply talking and listening to God. You want to be led back, you, you need to begin praying. You say, I don't know if I feel like he's listening. He's listening. Just keep praying. Prayer. Secondly, get into the word of God. Just read the Bible. I don't know if I understand it. I don't know if it makes sense. Just keep reading it. Ask God to speak to you. Ask him to open your eyes to the meaning I can't tell you how many times I've had big decisions or needs in my life and I'm, I'm just reading through the scriptures and God begins to speak to me because his word is alive. It never returns empty. It never returns void. And then thirdly, do what you're doing now. Find yourself a, a way to sit up under godly teaching and preaching. Why? Because as people expound the word of God, uh, God speaks through them. We know that because the New Testament tells us that people hear because preachers preach. And it's amazing that God would use the foolishness of preaching. That's what the Apostle Paul says, but he does. He, he uses that to help us understand. And sometimes we hear something and maybe we've heard it a thousand times, but it just clicks that day. And, and so we're, God speaks to us as we gather together with the body of Christ and listen to teaching. And number four, I seek wise godly counsel. Not worldly counsel. But as you see people that are living by those first things, they're people of prayer and people in the word. Open yourself to them. You're not alone. We're a body. We do this together. And then look at the circumstances around you. Sometimes God's saying, I'm leading you. I mean, it's pretty clear. All you got to do is step forward. And when you do, you begin to sense his peace. And if you don't, you know that's God's, whoa, don't go there. Allow those circumstances to be a guide in your life. But it's all through Jesus. It's all through turning to him. But just remember, when we've lost our way, God always desires to bring us back. So the third question and answer I want to give you. Why does God restore my soul? It's very clear in this verse. Did you catch it? It's for his name's sake. There's a popular myth that I want to debunk right here, right now. There are some 
that would tell you that it's really God's desire that you live a happy and blessed life. I don't know that that's against God's desire. God does talk about the blessings that he offers to us. He also talks about some of the challenges of this life, right? Jesus even said things like, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but it's okay. It's not all about this world. I've overcome the world. So God's main thing is not just making sure you have a smiley face day. So what's his main thing? You know what's God's primary focus? Get this. It's himself. That's not a pretty attribute for us as his creatures. But he's not a creature. He's the creator. And whether we fully understand it or not, the Bible says that God exists for his glory. And that you, all of us sheep, we were created in his image. We bear that image of God. And the reason that takes place is that through our lives, we might give him glory. So everything we do, not just for a pastor or a worship leader, not just for a missionary on foreign soil, but everything we do, as the old preachers would say, whether you're a butcher or a baker or a candlestick maker, whatever you do, you're supposed to be doing it for the glory of God. You're a school teacher. You're supposed to be doing that for the glory of God. You're an engineer. God's given you that kind of mind that just amazes me. You're supposed to be doing that for the glory of God. You're in the medical profession. You're a physician. Great. You're a practicing physician, but he's the great physician. So everything you do is supposed to be for the glory of God. Don't waste your life doing things just to please yourself. Don't waste your life just living for your glory. Live for his name's sake. Little boy was on the hills of his mother. Everywhere she went around the house, she almost stepped on him. He was getting on her nerves. Finally, she said, son, what are you doing? Give me some space. He said, no, mom, I'm just doing what they taught me at church. She said, what are you talking about what they taught you at church? He said, yeah, in Sunday school, the teacher told me that I'm to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. But I can't see his footsteps. So I'm just doing the next best thing. I'm walking in your footsteps. That's what it means to live for his namesake. You're understanding what the Apostle Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 10.31. That whatever you do, whether you eat, sleep, drink, whatever you do, you do all for the glory of God. So you recognize their little feet following after you. Their little eyes watching you. Their little hands waiting to mimic what you do. So what you do, mom, dad, grandparent, school teacher, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. That's what lasts. These things that we do, they'll fade away. These problems we have, they'll one day be gone. But the name of the Lord endures forever. Do whatever you do for the name of the Lord, for his glory.
This is so important that you bear his image well. That's why he brings you back. And I get it. Some of of you are having trouble. That's why he comes after you when you're cast down. That's why he finds you when you're lost. That's why he restores your soul. So that people can look at you and people can look at me and they say, man, he's not perfect and she's a mess. But what a trophy of grace. What an example of God's glory in our broken world. If he can bring them back, he can bring me back. And when we've lost our way, that's what God wants to do. He wants to bring us back. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekday mornings at 9, here on Faith Talk Tampa.